Hey guys, my name is Sholo Maridueña. I play Miguel Diaz on Netflix's Cobra Kai. And remember, it's not lame-ass karate. It's Cobra Kai. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion. I am Peter. And I am Brianna. And joining us, you guys, very special guest. We have Sholo Maradueña, who plays Miguel. How are you doing, Sholo? I'm doing really well, guys. How are you guys? Hey, doing doing well. Um, it, you know, it took a while, but we finally got you here. About two years and four months. You know, you just <laughs> got to give it a try. You're, you're, a, you're a busy guy and, uh, you know, uh, very popular amongst the media uh, community. Yes, I mean, especially recently, it's been uh, very difficult being that, you know, with with the move to Netflix, everything has been kind of very kept under wraps, especially in anticipation for season three. So I'm glad, but I'm glad that we uh, we got to come here and do this today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, like, I should have opened up with this. Congratulations, you know, on the move to Netflix. Uh, what has it been like? I, I, I can only imagine it's got to be overwhelming moving from YouTube Premium to Netflix and being available worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is overwhelming, but in a good way. I think it, it really is. We couldn't have asked for more in terms of um, a move so large, like I, I really can't think of another platform right now that we would be, you know, uh, more uh, wanting to be on. So, so in that regard, it is super exciting. Everyone is really, really uh, excited and happy that we're doing this move. But with that, also comes a lot of like um, walking on eggshells in terms of like even even just interviews like this where. Uh, you know, we're getting briefed like, you know, three, four times a week, like, hey, by the way, this is another thing that you can't say that it had this, 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 you know what I'm saying? So with with the now more global kind of reach that uh, Netflix does have, like we're in, I don't even know how many countries, more countries than not, um, with that becomes, uh, you know, a little bit more pressure in terms of making sure you're saying the right things, not even just about Cobra Kai, but, you know, um, you know, everything like politically, everything, everything in between. So, so just, uh, it's fun. I, I really wouldn't trade it in for anything else. So everyone's just trying to enjoy it at this point. Well, we'll do our best to avoid, you know, particular touchy subjects. We just know don't get into at all. Um, we will try to avoid anything that may potentially be spoilers for season three. But if honestly, we go too far, just smack us. Of and course, we'll honestly, all those questions, like, I have like 40 different ways to answer, you know, what's going to happen to Miguel in season three. So, so I, I know obviously those questions are the, the, it's like the Jon Snow moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it, th- those questions will come up, but so I, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but I'll just, there's someone behind me right here with uh with a briefcase ready to explode. If I, if I say anything, I got oh, you. Well, we, okay. We, okay. No one ask any season three spoilers. We don't want Sholo to explode. Well, also, you know, you got to do the John Hurwitz treatment. You know, the 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 generic reply is you're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, 
you know, just just do that. So or I'm not at liberty to say they're big fans of that one. That's too. a good one. I like that one. I've adapted that one myself. Um, I'm not at liberty to say, even though I'm, you know, we we just host a podcast and interview all the <laughs> cast members. But uh, you you took a nap earlier, right? You know, that's uh, I think that's I good for the back sometimes. I I <laughs> yes, I did I did take a nap. As you can tell, I'm sitting right now. You know, these are all very neutral positions. Um, uh, yes, I, I I did grab a nap earlier today. I haven't been getting much sleep recently, so I've been trying to. I'm I'm moving out of um, the house that I'm in right now, so so just kind of getting everything situated and coronavirus. Really, I didn't realize how difficult it is to find appliances, like it, finding refrigerators and all of that. I was like, wow, this is some really mundane stuff uh, that I'm having the hardest time like finding. So so it's been a little bit difficult, but I'm I'm excited to be moving out. My kids are trying to get out of my house, and they're having a hard time finding somewhere to go. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no apartments, no houses, no nothing. So. Yeah, that, that definitely was. I mean, Los Angeles, to be quite honest, I'd be overspending if I, you know, bought a, a hole in the ground. But so, so. Aside from the overspending part, I think it's it's nice. I, the the spot that I have is is cool. It's nothing like you know grand and luxurious, but it's just you know somewhere to uh, build credit for the next year and you know anticipate the the move after that. Honestly, well, you're 19. You're supposed to be living in a one bedroom exactly. apartment with a toilet in the kitchen. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anything better than that? You're already one up on everybody else. Exactly. All right. Well, let, let's kind of get into this. Um, you know, you've been uh, you, you've been doing interviews for for years. You know, we've been covering the show for over two, and we've seen a lot of those interviews as well. So we'll we'll try to um, you know give the, the the viewers something a little bit different. Uh, but we th- there's obviously some basic things that we just kind of want to go over. Um, you've started acting at a relatively young age. W- what was uh, did you have any inspirations, or what was it that made you decide to get into acting? I think when I first started acting, it honestly was just to try something new. I, growing up, I lived with my mom and my aunt, and I didn't really like a lot of the movies that I watched were animated movies, for lack of a better word. Like I didn't, I didn't really watch a ton of live action movies, so it wasn't a, it wasn't ingrained in my mind that it was something that I could do. Uh, like a, a as a profession at least, and I lived in Las Vegas, and my mom had a buddy who was a modeling agent, and she was like, "Hey, you know, your son is cute and like brown. He could like really do well in this industry right now." And my mom was like, "Well, you know, we live in Las Vegas; it doesn't really make sense." So we waited. Um, eventually, my dad ended up working out here, so we moved down with him. And uh, she was like, "Hey, that same friend reached out. If this is something that you want to do, modeling." Um, we can try it out. And I was like, okay, you know, I was still pretty young. Um, but she was like, look, you try it out. I'm not going to force you to, I'm not going to be these moms that are like, you know, I want to live vicariously through you. Or, and I don't want to just say moms, but parents, you know, cause, cause it's moms and dads. Um, like I'm going to live vicariously through you and you're going to do what I want and this and this and that. She was like, let's try it out. If you like it, then great. You know? And if you don't, then we'll freaking we'll, we'll put you back in tennis practice. Like it, like it, it's not a big deal. So, uh, the first like two or three auditions that I went out for, I booked them all. And my mom was like, Oh, what? Cause she was already giving me like that. Look, Miho, like if you don't 
book these jobs. It's not because they don't like you. Sometimes it's just, you know, other some. It's just a look at this point. Like sometimes you just don't have the look, it, and it could be something as simple as the season. Like you're not a fall season boy. Da da da. Like, and uh, I booked like the first two or three things, and she was like, okay, well, now we really have to figure out like what a Coogan account is, like all of these different jargon and terms and legal stuff that, that comes with this industry. And she had to learn that up really quickly. So, so really all of my, I don't want to say all of, but a lot of like the success that um, I had at the beginning of my career, would I, I attribute to my mom because she really did like way more. She went above and beyond in terms of like making sure that I wasn't getting screwed over and like making sure that I was not, turning into like these stereotypical child actors that are like uh, crappy, like really, really like, Oh man, there's some people that you run into and, and you know, it's that you could you could say that about any industry, but you, you really start to see the corruption uh, in, in the child acting industry. And I'm really glad that my mom um, raised me as, as well as she did. I, I really owe it all to her. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, she kept you from turning into this generation's Danny Bonaducci. Basically, yes. he had a he had a rough go of it yes. uh, going back and, and watching because I did watch Parenthood and um, you're right from the very get go. Obviously, your talent is blatantly obvious. You're not your typical child actor, um, but which you can tell is a child delivering lines. Victor was a real person on the screen. But at the same time, you worked in your relatively short career with some incredible legends with Craig T. Nelson, Bonnie Bedelia, Dax Shepard, Ray Romano, um, and now with Ralph and Billy. Have you picked up pointers from the old pros? Have you kind of taken some of their lessons on board? Yeah, you know, something that I always think about is that when, when I was filming Parenthood, I must have been 10. And when we finished that show, I, I was no older than like, 14 at the time and I wish that I'd worked on that show at the age that I am now where I really like because you know half of the scenes that like because sometimes I'll get tagged and stuff that's like oh my gosh look at this clip of Victor and I'm like I honestly don't even really remember filming this like I I wish that I was a little bit older and really realized how important some of the actors that I worked with are um, but, but, you know, some of my greatest, fondest memories of that show were talk- talking to Craig T. Nelson on set and being like, yo, I didn't know that you were Mr. Incredible. Like, I dressed up as Dash from Mr. Incredible for Halloween. Like, isn't that so, you know, crazy? Da, da, da. Like, stuff like that. Or working with Jason Ritter, who's really like one of the most down to earth, wonderful people I've ever met. And even yes. my you know, two parents on that show, Erica and Sam, like, they, everyone on that show may, everyone on that show really had such a wonderful impact on me, especially because it was my first show. It was my very first show, um, ever working on, and they really set the bar high. And I think the only show that I've worked on since then, that's even gotten close to that is Cobra Kai hundred percent. And I'm so wonderful and so grateful because at, at the end of the day, these actors, the Craig T. Nelson, the Bonnie Bedelia's, the Dax Shepard's, the Lauren Graham's, these are huge names in this industry. And they totally, you know, I, I would think at least would be like, oh, you know, this kid, he's new to this industry. Like, we'll show you the ropes, kid. Like, you you just say your lines and then go back home, you know? 
Um, but they are not like that at all. They truly are so patient, so willing to, you know, pass the torch on metaphorically to be like, hey, you know, this is kind of the stuff that I've learned in my X amount of years being in this industry. And here I'm going to share you like little glimpses of like how I think. Here's some stories of how I've lived and, you know, do do with it what you will. And, and for that, I'm so, so grateful. That's amazing. Um, on the note of the Parenthood, uh, your performance on there earned you an Imagine uh, Award nomination uh, at the Alma Awards. What what did that mean to you? Honestly, it was very. I guess th- those years um, were. I don't want to say surprising, but it's a little interesting when you when someone gives you recognition for something that maybe at the time you didn't. Um, do it with the intention of like, oh, I'm this scene right here is going to be my Oscar scene or da da da, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, but it's it's obvious. It's very. I'm very grateful for it, um, and I'm excited. You know, not only for for those awards because honestly, those awards are very niche. Like those, like they the categories that that I was you know in contention for were like pretty specific. Like. Um, you know, best child actor in a drama on NBC. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think I'm really excited about Cobra Kai and and this move because I think that means that people like Billy, people like people who really deliver these like really outstanding performances in in shows can kind of be taken a little bit more seriously. Um, not to say that we weren't taken seriously before, but but being on a platform this big really gives uh, the opportunity for a lot more people to be like, oh my God, this guy that I hated in the 80s because I thought he was so mean to my childhood hero is actually so good. Like, what the heck? Like, so so I, I'm really excited about that portion. You know, we, we have so many, so many talented actors and on our show that really deserve to have that recognition. And I, and I think it's only in time that and, you know, in, through for future, obviously, what they like immediately this next season coming up and hopefully, you know, for seasons to come up. Yeah. Billy got snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> he got Did, snubbed uh, big time. He wasn't the only one. Oh, I mean, sure. you were up for Teen Choice Award right, in 2018. 2018. And I know we voted our butts off for you, but I also know that there was no promotion of that fact coming from up above. So now that you're in this position where you've got Netflix and you've seen their award, I guess, mechanism that they have in place, are you looking forward to award season for season three? Um, I, well, uh, I, yes, I, I think I'm excited for, you know, not only, uh, like, like we said, Billy, you know, everyone else who, who, you know, work so hard on these first two seasons. Like they really put their heart and soul into something that they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have joined the show had it not been everything that they wanted. And I think because of that, you really see the passion that they put on screen, Ralph, Billy, Marty, um, everyone else that, that kind of makes the show what it is for myself personally, honestly, I'm just kind of like here enjoying it all. I'm not, I'm not in it for the Emmys or the Oscars and all of this. I'm just in it to make a great show and, you know, kind of carry on this legacy, so to speak. Um, but if with that comes, you know, a nomination here and there uh, for a, a Kids' Choice Awards or a this or a that, then then that's exciting as well. 
you know, everyone that we've spoken with, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a job. You, you guys are really just showing up and it's, it's all family and you guys are just playing and having a good time together. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, I, I can't speak more highly for every single one of the people on set. And that's not even just the actors, like our team, everyone behind the camera is so, so wonderful to work with. Um, from our stunt coordinators to stuntmen to hair and makeup to crafty to catering to grips, lightings, cameras, like everyone on that show. And I don't know if it's the Southern hospitality. Everyone out there is just like so sweet. Um, but everyone is, is really – everyone wants the best for you. And, and I think that's something that you don't always see in this industry at least. Uh, you know, A lot of the times it's like strictly business, like, yo, we're here to – to do one thing and that's make money. And regardless as to whether or not the show's good, that's not, that's not our problem. Like we're, we just, like, we just do makeup, you know what I'm saying? So, so, uh, but I think with this show, everyone is like, let's make this kick-ass show. And I, and I think it's shown, you know, with how, how well we've been acclaimed uh, recently. Uh, I do have to say, I've noticed that your name is on the tip of a lot of people's tongues. Uh, Watch this kid. He's going places. This kid's going to be somebody. And a lot of fans, I mean, in the chat, we have a ton of Central and South American fans in the chat right now. Um, Brazil, Ecuador, Mexico, like all up and down. And I know that representation is something that is very, very close to your heart and something that you're very passionate about. Um, How do you feel being in a position to be that person for so many kids that have not seen themselves on TV before in a role like Miguel? Of course. Uh, I think I don't take it lightly. Uh, like I know how important this role is and uh, in the larger scope of things, because growing up, like, yeah, there were movies that I enjoyed and yeah, there were child actors when I was, when I was watching movies as a kid, but none of them like looked like me. None of them were like these, uh, you know, Latino kids who looked like me, grew up in Los Angeles, like dealt with the same stuff that I dealt with. So because of that, I think there's such an important, and I don't want to stand on my soapbox for too long here, but like, seriously, it, it is something that is super important to me. My goal, you know, my long-term goal is to be a screenwriter. Acting is kind of like a means to meet as many people as I can, you know, uh, make a name for myself in this industry. But slowly, I'd like to make myself behind the camera because, you know, nobody is going to write the stories of people who look like me, people who grew up like me, except for the actual people who have experienced it, you know? And, and as much as I love, and this isn't, this isn't like our writers, um, our, honestly, our writers do a really like stand up job and trying to keep everything authentic. Like even down to the Spanish, they're like, Hey, you know, we ran it through Google translate. Like, but if you, feel like this isn't accurate, please just like say whatever it is that you would actually say, because we're not like at the end of the day, like this is just a rough example of what we want. We want you to bring that life through it. And if that means, you know, and with, you know, speaking Spanish come that, you know, I want nothing more than for it to be authentic, you know? So I, it's important to me. It's not like something that I take lightly and I'm, and I'm excited to, to do it and, and really, 
hopefully make a name for myself so that I can bring, you know, my friends up, the people that I grew up with, you know, who also uh, aspire to be writers and directors and all of this. I, I really just want to make sure that we're all, you know, winning and, and uh, doing what we want to do. See, and that's what I love about the show, uh, Cobra Kai. And Miguel Diaz is actually my favorite character of the of the new generation um, because he is a person of color. I've shared the story many many times on on our show uh, in interviews and episode reviews that growing up in the eighties for me, there wasn't very many people that looked like me on screen. I had Rufio from Hook. I had Data from Goonies. Uh, short yeah. round from like, Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Always like the third, like secondary character like no leading right. yeah. yeah yeah no leading so um so that's why like i i watch cobra kai and i see somebody like joe uh playing kyler uh nate playing nathaniel i'm like okay well th- there we go we, we got some asians in here and and my kids can watch the show and be like hey that kid looks like me and so um I, i'm really excited for like the the newer generation to watch a show like cobra kai and see representations of, of themselves um aisha uh you know the um characters like that um and the the lgbtq too yes, moon a, a being piper. bisexual is has reached out to so many people absolutely it's pretty amazing it really is and so um to kind of go back to what you uh want to do in the long run um i understand that you like the the psychological thrillers yeah well what are some of your favorites Favorite psychological thrillers? I really like uh, the two off the bat that come to my head. I think if I thought about it for a really, really long time, I'd be uh, think of more. But I really like Shutter Island. I like Zodiac. Nice. Uh, David Fincher is one of my favorite directors, and he tends to um, do a lot of uh, psychological thrillers. I like American Psycho, um, which is I, I'd consider it a like a maybe not a psychological thriller, but definitely a thriller. Um, those those are the ones off the bat. Um, I really like, and I don't honestly don't know if I would consider this a thriller, but Usual Suspects is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's a good one. I had watched it with my dad like years ago, and I really was just kind of watching it to be like, "Hey, look, we're doing this together, Dad!" Like you know, and I didn't really understand it, and I rewatched it recently, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, like at the ending, oh my god! I know, I'm sure everyone feels like that, but uh, I, I really, really loved it. Well, I mean, uh, Tanner's character of Robbie pulls the Kaiser Sose, you know, in episode, uh, what was it, 109? 109. Yeah, 109. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I remember uh, we were, like, going over our life. Like, we must have been over at Mary's apartment or something like that. And they were like, who is Kaiser Suzy? Like, who, <laughs> who is that guy? I don't get the joke. Why is he limping? Like, da, da, da. And I was like, no, so Kevin Spacey in that movie, like, he does his whole thing, this whole plot, da, da, da. And they're like. <laughs> okay. I, sure, I guess you know, but but I'm sure they've all seen the movie now. You know, it's a that's that's a really good one. I, I have a suggestion for you. I, I know that you have probably a long list of, of movies to watch, but if you like that genre, which it sounds like you do, Primal Fear. It's a uh, Edward Norton's like one of his very first movies with Richard Gere. It's a, a crime drama, courtroom drama, and it's got some twists and reveals. I think it'd be right up your alley. Okay. This seems like, yeah, Jacob loves Edward Norton, so I'm sure he's seen this movie. We all have to be like, have oh, you ever seen this movie? Like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is definitely definitely something that I've been slacking on. Like, I remember for the longest time, and even, even today, like, uh, the people 
in this in this industry that I'm close to, like especially Jacob, uh, people that I've that I've known for a, a while have been like, dude, how come whenever I bring up any movie, you haven't seen it? Like what these big movies too, like Godfather, uh, you know, uh, Training Day, like a, a lot of these big movies that are kind of like Pulp Fiction that are like, oh, you know, I can quote this movie. Not even, yeah, I can watch it once and be able to quote it. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like the orange way like, he has an orange, you know, so. <laughs> So I, I definitely have been slacking, but I, but quarantine has definitely helped with it. I've watched way, way more movies just within quarantine than I'd say the past like three years before before quarantine. It's all research, right? You can write it off as job related research. Exactly. I'm like, mom, I can't can't clean my room now. I'm doing research. Like, please, I'm I'm a thespian. I must <laughs> perfect my craft. She's like, you're watching Bugs Life. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how much craft you can be perfecting, but. I relate to your mom in this situation. Um, so I don't know how much you can talk about other roles. Um, and I don't know if this one ever actually became a real role. But I do know that the Tumblr fan community was very, very excited when you were cast in the table read for Aristotle and Dante. Yeah. Um, is that movie ever going to happen? Can you say? Do you know? Yeah. So um, it with all transparency, like that movie is going to happen. Um, I don't know if it'll be with me, but I can say that like, it's definitely still in conversation. I, I don't know uh, how much I can say a bit about it, but it's basically just like everyone is trying to be available at the same time. That's, that's kind of like the biggest thing. And especially with quarantine now, like it's, it's hard for, um, you know, everyone to be available at the same time because like we have Cobra Kai, other people have different projects. Directors are busy as well, especially as like, I, I know we have a a couple of directors that they want. And at the time they were like, yeah, let's do this. And now a couple of them have like blown up and like, they're like, oh, actually that I'm working on this thing. Da, da, da. So, so really it's just making sure that all of the stars align and that we will all be able to do this. Um, obviously there is a universe where I age out, you know, we did the table read for that. I want to say right after Cobra Kai season one, because I mm -hmm. remember Mary came to the table read. Um, I think it was right be right after you got your braces off. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe in that or case, right around then in, in that case, if I had my braces off, then it, was before season two because I got my braces off like right before season two and then I lost my retainer and now my bottom teeth look like sharks again but um but it's it's something that I'm still super super interested in. it's like the some of the most fun that I've ever had doing a table read and I'd never done a table read like in front of a crowd before super super fun I know that that uh that also that fan base like is so culty I'm so I I hadn't heard of the book before and I read the book and like I you yeah, like you see on Tumblr, on Twitter, like, oh my gosh, people, you know, are flocking in droves, like love that book. And I and I am so excited to even even if it's just you know the table read, I'm so excited and I'm here for it. Uh, so we obviously we've talked to a lot of the uh, you know your fellow colleagues. Um, I think it was That's all my argument, colleague. It's strictly. I think it was Gianni that told us that uh, you guys have some pretty heated Monopoly games. <laughs> yes, Gianni has come over. Jacob and I lived together last last season, 
And uh, Gianni did come over uh, a lot. And we did have like Nerf war, like Nerf gun wars. Like I think just recently, cause like it's around this time uh, that we'd be filming the new season new season and uh i have a bunch of like snapchat and instagram does this thing where it'll be like this is what you were doing one year ago today da, da, da. and just recently i think on the like two or three days ago i got this video of gianni and jacob gianni's holding a watermelon with a nerf gun to it and jacob's like put the put the woman down and he's like i want to see my wife like the show <laughs> and i'm like it's uh, if you had seen that video in any other context you'd be like oh got you like they're pulling these guys from the psych ward like they escaped and we need to get them straight jackets but you know it's so funny that we just we have like we're screaming at the top of our lungs like i we have so many fun memories and, and that guy really is one of the funniest dudes i've ever met he like really i don't know if you know it's the groundlings or wherever he went like that man really does love comedy and he's, he's good at it. And, and you see it on camera, but especially off camera, he's a kook. Yeah, he's, he's funny. Um, and, um, Michael Jonathan Smith was talking about magic games and Dungeons and Dragons games. Do you get in on any yeah. of those? Yeah. Rose says that you even teach D and D. Yeah. 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 Um, I, before Cobra Kai, when I was in high school and even in middle school, I was a DM uh, for this conservatory by my house. And, uh, it's something that I love. I really, really love India. I wish I played it more uh, during quarantine. It's a little bit, it's way harder to get together a group of like six or seven people all in the same room. Like I know there's online stuff, but it really, that is not the same as, as being there with, you know, your boys and being like, you know, waiting for that, you know, roll that D20 to be like, Oh my God, you did it. But, um, I do love, uh, D and D magic was something that I was super hesitant to get into. The second I met Jacob on season one, he was like, Jacob, who has the most stereotypical surfer boy accent was like, dude, you got to try this magic, the gathering game. Like, really so, so fun like dude there's so many colors like there's gruel all these like jargon terms and i'm like no i can't i already play video games i cannot magic if you guys don't know is like a pretty expensive game like it's it's not a cheap game to get into it's not like D where i can like print out all my own stuff and like do that i guess you could it there you can't you can do that but it's like way more intensive so once we started living together, um, he was like, well, you can't escape me now. Like you're going <laughs> to, you're going to play magic, the gathering with me. Like you, what are you going to do? Like leave the room? Like we, you, now you have time. Like we're not like, there'd be days where we'd have like four or five day weekends. And he's like, like, what are you going to do? Sleep all day? Like play magic with me. So I was like, fine. So like within the first week I was hooked, I was addicted. I was like, let's go get magic cards. And he's like, Whoa, <laughs> I'm like, dude, let's go. It's like the new set is dropping next month. Let's, let's get to, we got to get, we got to get pre-sales or, not, or like pre-orders. And he's like, Oh my God. So it, while we were out there, I had like a bigger collection than he did just because I was like, I, and I have a, I totally have an addictive personality, personality like that. I'm not even shy to admit it. Um, but once we've gotten out here, like I've definitely being at home really puts things into perspective and, uh, 
like sharing a room with my sister, it's like, oh, wait, I don't have as much room as I did in Atlanta. Like all of these cards have to go somewhere. <laughs> so right now they're just kind of all in boxes. And, and so out. what do, do you prefer to play? Do you have an angel deck, goblin deck, a squirrel deck? So in Magic the Gathering recently, um, I, I really like Commander um, just because it's a little bit more consistent. And I feel like in Commander, I can say like, this deck is a power level, you know, between one and 10. And for the most part, if someone has around the same number, like it'll be a fair, like it'll be a fun game. Whereas in standard, it feels like, oh my God, every deck is a 10. And I'm like, I, you have to spend so much money for, for, to even be in contention for a lot of these standard decks. But I really like draft. When I moved back out here to, uh, to Los Angeles, uh, there's a bunch of like card shops by my house and they do like Magic Friday or uh, uh, Magic Monday, you know, and they have these draft tournaments and those are so fun, like opening packs and and creating a deck with what you've got is like some of my favorite stuff that that really does take the most skill in my, in my opinion. Now, uh, I, I think we can uh, pivot over to uh, Cobra Kai. Um, now, during this time, during the quarantine, obviously, uh, everyone's still kind of stuck at their own respective homes. And the show, since you do karate, are you supposed to be doing anything in the meantime, like stretching and working on things to kind of stay limber? Yeah, I think in terms of like, in terms of that, there's no like set, hey, this is what we're doing to keep you in shape. But I think after I got back from season three, I really realized like, oh man, like Jacob and Tanner and Mary, like they are all much more fit than I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know Mary tries to play the like, oh, I, I'm so new at this. Like, oh, I, just, I didn't even know how to walk yesterday. Like, so just like her. But she, like, she kills it. So, so I think after I got back from season three, I was like, all right, like, I can't be the worst at everything. Like I, I can't, you know, I can't like be always getting choked out in jujitsu and also like, I can't kick the highest And this. So I was like, I got back. I was like, I signed up for the gym. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, pump some iron. I'm going to get ripped. Da, da, da. And then quarantine happened and they were like, Nope, you're not going to the gym. You can't, you can't do all of this. And I was like, ah, the first like two months of quarantine, I really just lost all motivation that I had to, to do it. Cause I'm just like, ah. What, what ended up happening is I was like, okay, I'm going to do my workout now. And I'd get like halfway through and I'd be like, well, I'm going to do the second half of my workout at the end of the day. And the end of the day would come and I'd be like, well, now I'm going to do it in the morning. And then the morning would come and I'd be like, well, now it's a new day. So I have to do my today's workout. And, and that would happen like consistently. And it's really just like, my mental fortitude isn't strong enough where I like needed that trainer or a buddy to be like, let's do this last set. Like, let's push you. Let's do this. Da, da, da. And I think with time, I realized like, okay, this quarantine stuff isn't ending anytime soon. Like if I am serious about wanting to work out, like I have to do it. So, so luckily like now with the social distancing, I'm able to meet with a trainer and, and this, and now that I'm moving out, like I will have more time. I won't have to be uh, sharing a room. Like, always. Exactly. <laughs> I won't have to always be picking up uh, my clothes off the floor. So I will, I will have uh, hopefully more time to work out and, and all of that. But the pull-up bar is like one of the coolest things ever. I, I didn't have a pull-up bar until uh, quarantine started. And it's been like, you know, walk under, go to the bathroom, do a couple, you know, come back, do a couple. And it's like, it's, it's really, really good. 
when I well, don't you're, fall from you're it. still gonna have to pick your clothes up at some point. They exactly. don't pick yeah, themselves up. At some point up. they will. Yeah, exactly. Just no one will be allowed in my room, and then I will be able to regulate how much you know the clothes gets picked up. Uh, so when you got cast originally as Miguel, um, I know Tanner and, and Mary have both told stories about how much they know they knew about the Karate Kid um, that Mary had never seen it, but her boyfriend had. How much did you know going in that this is what you were auditioning for and you were going to be, you know, up for this role in such an iconic franchise? Yeah, so I think um... – when I first got the audition, I was very aloof as to what um, the project was for. You know, it, it, I got the audition. It said Cooper Kai. I hadn't seen the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid. In like, I had glimpses of memories of like the crane kick, but that really was it. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to another, another audition. This was around the time like I was a a junior in high school, so I like just was barely not old enough to drive. So I would um, take the bus to all of my auditions or like the train, what, like depending on where it was. And I remember I was on the way to one of my auditions and my mom was like, Hey, I uh, just want to make sure you're getting there safe. Like, what is your audition for today? And I was like, Cobra Kai. And she's like, Oh wow. That's like really cool. You have this. That's, that's so awesome. And I was like, what, you know, like this is a new show. How do you know? Like, is it, what is it? How do you know that it's a show already? And she was like, Oh, like this, I'm making her sound way more passive than she was at the time because at the time she was like, I am so disappointed. I am so ashamed that you don't know, do not know what. A failure is apparent because you didn't know the movie. Exactly. She's like, what, where did I go wrong? Like, what was it that I, I did the broccoli, like I made you eat the vegetables, like how come you can't be like the rest of them? Uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> So, so I, so she was like, Oh, okay. This is actually like, she didn't want to get in my head about it, but she was like, Hey, this is a, like a really cool project. Like good luck. Da, da, da. Um, and I, that was maybe, I did the audition maybe in April and I didn't hear anything for months. And when that happens, it's usually like, Oh, okay. I didn't make it past the first round. Like they went with someone else. And then in July ish, um, I got an email saying like, hey, you have a callback, which is like the second round of auditions. Um, they're like, hey, you have a callback for Cobra Kai. And I was like, oh, I did this so long ago. Like, this is weird. I just like just decided to shave my head. So I was like, oh, this is not a good look. Like they when they first saw me, I had hair. And now I have a shaved head. Like, generally speaking, you don't do that. Like if, if someone's like, Hey, we're calling you in. Cause we like your look and you, we think that you're good at acting. And then I come in with like, not looking how I looked the first time. Sometimes that can be like a, like, I don't want to say it. It always means that you're not going to like, cause at the end of the day, hair grows with there's wigs that it, but it, I didn't anticipate it to say the least. Um, and I went in and you know, did my audition for Josh on and Hayden and that I, and the casting director and they're like, all right, perfect. Awesome. And then like another two weeks went by and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, at this point, like once you, once you do the callback, then it's like every week you start to hear like updates, like whether it's another callback or a chemistry, da, da, da. And then like two or two and a half weeks went by and I was like, oh, okay. Like again, didn't happen. And they were like, Hey, we want to do a chemistry read with you and um, William Zapka. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me look up this. Oh my God. Like this is the guy from 
the original, <laughs> the original Karate Kid. So I was like, okay, okay. So I remember going into the room, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Billy. Like, I did, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, nice to meet you. Why are you so nice to me? And uh, the the scene that we did was like one of the very first scenes of the show where I'm like, Hey, when am I going to get my karate pajamas? And he's like, Quiet, you know, you can't be a pussy. You don't want to be pussy. All this, all this. And we did that scene. And I remember uh, then at that point, like the producers were in the room and like more, more people were in the room kind of keeping an eye out on, on what uh, the audition was like. And they were busting up the whole time. Like I was in the corner of the room, like trying to do push-ups. Mind you, at this point, I probably couldn't do more than like five push-ups. So I really was struggling like to do these push-ups. <laughs> they, were, they, they were like, oh man, this is really, really good. So they sent me out of the room and then they brought me back in and we did um, another scene. I, I don't I don't remember what the scene was, but they called me out and they were like, hey, they, you know, I, I got a, a call from my agent and she was like hey uh they really liked your stuff and they want to bring you in again for a second chemistry read this time um with um the girl who um like you're for lack of a better word like your love interest for the show and i was like oh, okay that could be fun da, da, da. and i remember getting in the room and i don't know i i don't think i've told this story a ton of times but um mary was the at that point they had already casted mary like she was already they knew that she was going to be Samantha LaRusso and what they were doing was testing her out with different Miguel's to see what their chemistry was like. And I remember so vividly that she told this story um, where she's like, yeah, if I have an, if I have an audition where I have to kiss someone in the audition room, I like to sit with them out in the waiting room and be like, Hey, I really don't want our first kiss to be on camera in that audition room. Do you mind if, if we like rehearse the scene before and kiss in the waiting room? I remember hearing that story and I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, okay, like, okay. Like that's like a weird thing to bring up in an audition with like a bunch of guys that you might have to potentially kiss in like a few minutes, but whatever. Like, yeah. um, and so we do the, we do the chemistry read and it goes really, really well. Like we are like not even talking about, like the scenes, like we're just kind of in the room, like shooting the shit, just like being like, Hey, this is da, da, da. like really, really it's going well. Um, and then fast forward, like I end up booking the project fast forward to the day that we're filming the golf and stuff montage. And, you know, I got the scripts like maybe three weeks ago. I know that this day we're going to have a kissing scene. Mm-hmm. And I know that Mary doesn't like the first kiss to be on camera. So that whole day, mind you, I'm like four years younger than she is. I'm like 16, maybe 17. And she's like older than 21. She's like a woman, you know? And and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, no. I'm like, she says that she doesn't like to kiss on camera the first time. Like, I know inevitably there will be a moment before we film this scene where she's like, she's going to pull me aside and be like, hey, this is going to be romantic. You know, we're going to do this, you know, da, da, da. And we had a guest director on for that episode, Steve Pink. And I remember we had a bunch of stuff to do that day. We had so much stuff that didn't even make it in the show, like so many different montage points. And it was getting late. And Steve was like, we're going to cut these next three scenes. We're going straight to the kissing scene. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no. I was like, I was 
I did I didn't have time to prepare for this. Like I didn't even go to crafty to get mint. Like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. I was like, it like there were so many censored bleeps in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we're rehearsing the scene and we don't do the kiss in the rehearsal. And we're like walking around and I'm like, ah, like oh, this is this is so weird. Like, oh my God, this is going to be so weird. Like, oh my God. And uh, she's like, hey, Sholo, um, I know this is kind of a weird thing to ask, but I don't like to kiss. And I, I was like, oh, okay, she's saying it. She's like, I don't like to kiss people on camera for the first time. Do you mind if we just like go behind one of the trailers and like rehearse a scene? And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, oh, that's not weird at all. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel exactly the Like, oh my gosh, that is so funny. Like, I didn't even know that about you. Like, that's so weird. Oh my God. Um, so <laughs> we're rehearsing this scene. And at this point, like, this is episode, I don't know what episode it is, but it was at the, like, we had already hung out like a bunch uh, off camera. Like, we went to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, we went to go see movies. They just, like, we were cool. We were good friends at this point. Because um, Jacob um, would get flown out from Los Angeles, where Mary and I lived in Atlanta while we were filming. So I ended up hanging out with her way more than, than Jacob at the time. And we're like going through the scene and we're about to be at the part where we have to kiss. And we're, I'm like, I lean in for this kiss. And she says, Sholo, you're like a brother to me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is quite possibly the worst thing you could have said. Like, <laughs> when I was like, why would you even say that? Like, what? And she's like, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to make it weird. I was like, that definitely made it way more weird than it was five minutes ago. Like, Ah, I was, and then she was like, okay, 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 it's fine, fine. So, you know, we give a little peck or whatever. And that story is just like so hilarious to me because it's like she, she had like the right intention. Like she didn't want to make it weird, but I was like, really, you could have said, I hate you. And I, I would have felt more comfortable than I did if she said, you're like a brother to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to kiss you. Like, I was like, oh my God. But nonetheless, like we made it happen and, and people love them like that whole day, the, the golf and stuff day. Like that was a really fun day to film. So, but that, that was a really funny moment. And the result was one of the sweetest on screen first kisses I have ever seen. So you both so did too. a fantastic it, job. It was fun. Well, at that point, it was like we had damn near like 70 people on set being like, 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 <laughs> yeah, like, 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 all right, there was that was a little too much lip smacking. Like, let's do it again. The mic got caught. We have to do it again. And we're, at that point, we were just like, okay, that uh, that's the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Titanic fan, and that story kind of reminds me of um, you know, obviously Kate Winslet's character Rose has she has a nude scene where um, Jack has to draw her, and the yeah. story is that uh, you know she went up to Leo and was just like, hey, you know, I, I guess we got the scene, so I might as well just flash the goods now and boom you know so it's kind of like that yeah, yeah, get exactly. it out of the way you know yeah exactly just rip the band-aid off quickly that's it that's it um obviously obviously you're w w one of the leads and you're in uh many different scenes many different different montages i know 108 seems to be a really popular episode because of the the junkyard scene and I know a lot of people had fun doing that. But what were some moments that you found very challenging, whether it was the dialogue or the physicality of the moment or something like that? Specifically with the great, uh, the 
junkyard scenes or just throughout the yeah the, yeah season one and two um so i'd say physically the hardest scenes that i've ever filmed were in coyote creek mm. or coyote creek mm-hmm. um stone mountain the yeah stone stone mountain out in atlanta like those were some of the hardest um like fight scenes that i think all of us had done like we rehearsed the hell out of that fight jacob and i because we were like this is our the moment that we've been wanting for so long like top two boys at Cobra Kai like how awesome would it be if we got to fight like not even seriously fight but just like to show off da, 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 da. and we got the moment so we were like we have this has to be the best fight of the show we want people to watch this and be like oh my god you know the school fight who like I don't even remember that fight it was the, the hawk fight but what we didn't realize was that filming in you know October November in Atlanta at like four five in the morning like there's a lot of moisture on the ground and with all of the leaves on the ground comes a lot of mud and a lot of slipping and I remember like there's this part where I do like a front kick a a roundhouse kick a back kick into a slide and when we were rehearsing it in the studio I was like this give me something harder, Hito. Like, this is easy. This is light work. Come on, give me the backflips. Like, and he was like, okay, dude, like <laughs> you just, you worry about that. Like, we'll we'll have a, and that day I could not do like the last kick, the slide. I was freaking sliding everywhere. Like I could slide and then I'd get up and fall. Or like, it was so hard. And I remember like we maybe did seven or eight takes. Mind you, like, each take that you miss is like for like money lost because they're like, we have so much to do today. We're only here for two days. I think max, we might've only been there for one day, but, um, and I was like, I felt so bad. Cause I was like, I know I can do this, but I don't know what's happening right now. And I remember I threw it and I fell and I hit the ground so hard. And I like, I never get angry. I really, really pride myself on being someone who like never gets frustrated, angry, like always is really calm. And I got so angry that I just like my eyes started to water up and I like started to cry a little bit. And Hito came up to me and he was like, yo, like, I know that this is difficult. And I know that it's like a mixture of embarrassment and like feeling not good enough to to do this stuff. But he's like, we're not fucking sorry you're you're fine he's like we're not leaving here until you do it so you better figure out whatever it is in your head that's like blocking you from doing this thing and get it out because as much as you feel angry right now like hell we're not leaving until you do it so you might as well like like quit quit whining about it and do it and i was like okay i was like i'll do it and the next take like i ended up doing it (laughs) They didn't use it. Like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, Dante, who was my stunt double for that day, killed it. He was, like, so, so good that day. So they, they went with him for that slide. I remember, like, I was, like, watching. I was, like, did they? No, I don't know. But physically, that was the hardest day um, that I had. Um, emotionally, I think um, some of the hardest scenes that I have are with Billy, like, the heart-to-heart moments that I have with Billy. Just um, because he really does, like – 
it's it never feels rehearsed working with Billy. Like I could never I could look at the script once and do a scene with Billy and I feel like it would be still better than like half of my scenes with other people because he really does make it like a conversation and I like I don't have to think about what I'm going to say next or like if I have a monologue I don't have to be like uh da 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 like it doesn't feel rehearsed with him at all and because of that like there it is challenging cuz he's so talented and being like I want, I like, I don't want to mess it up for you. Cause you're like, you're really putting your heart in line, you know, on, on, on the page being like, Hey, I have this son. And I really wasn't, I, I forget he says something like I messed up on the first day and I've been messing up ever since or something like that in, in uh, the burger shop. And I just remember that day was so fun because I was like, I really was crying because of what this man was saying. I was like, Holy crap. Like, you really are saying something that is sad. Like I'm not even fake crying. Like I, this is actually dead. God damn. You're a good actor. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. So, so those are some of the hardest days just because it's like, especially just how emotionally draining it can be sometimes and just be like sad and sad and sad and sad and sad and sad. And then have to go home and be like, all right, we're going to do this again tomorrow. Like you really do have to brush it off. And, and that's something that thankfully, like I've, I've been able to practice more and more, but there's sometimes where it's just like, oh, like how, how sad do I have to get today? Like I already, I already fell off a balcony, like, and I have to do this voicemail. That's like so sad. Like, yeah. and like there, there are days like that, but it, it's so fun. Do they ever Sitting on like- the other side of it was no picnic either. Um, watching you fall and then listening to the voicemail. But um, by the time you got to episode 110, mm-hmm. uh, had you watched the original movie? Did you realize exactly what was happening when Ralph pulled you aside to show you how to do the crane kick the right way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the like the only person he's ever taught that to. So let me, let me add a little context to, to both of those. So, so uh, Mary Tanner may there might have i know definitely mary and tanner were there i don't know aside from that we went over to mary's apartment and we watched the karate kid um and we were all like oh my god they're reacting to it whatever we watched that and then in terms of so yes i did watch at the very least the original karate kid while filming cobra kai it, it with all transparency it wasn't until later after we finished cobra kai season one that i had watched two three the next karate kid and I'd already seen the Jaden Smith one, so I didn't have to worry about that. And I didn't even know there was a cartoon until recently. So <laughs> that's I, okay. It's crap. It's, oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> and, and I wouldn't say, you know, Ralph pulled me aside and, you know, taught me how to do the crane kick. It definitely was like pulling teeth, get trying to get him to do that because I was like, I was sitting there like about to shoot that scene. And I was like, Ralph was drinking coffee or something like that, just like relaxing. And I was like, Ralph, like, you know, I'm about to do the crane kick. Like, how cool would it be if you showed me, like, how you did it? And he was like, he looked at me with, like, the really, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know how many times I've been asked this question, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> like, you're really testing my patience, but I love you, kid. Like, let's do this. So he, like, put down his drink. Or he might not, he might have not even put down his drink. <laughs> but he, was, he was like, okay, let's do it. And he was so, he was such a champ about it. Like I know that that is one of that and wax on wax off probably gets, you know, said to him more than anything else. 
So it was so cool that he was, and I have a video of it too. So that it's like Canon, he can't go back and say like, oh, I didn't do that. That'd, that'd be so embarrassing. I like, I, my whole career I've been saying, no, I'm not going to do that, you know, but, but, uh, it was so fun. He was such a champ about it. And, and it was, it was a moment. Like, uh, it was so cool to be like, Hey, this is like, it's so iconic to a lot of people. And I get to share this moment with you, albeit the move was super disrespectful and like, like such a throwaway move, but so awesome. To, yeah, it, it was a total bitch move, but it was, it was definitely awesome. worth it. it. Was awesome. Uh, how are we doing on time? Do you, would you be able just to do a few more, few, few more questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, let's see here. So, try to come from an unbiased standpoint here. I'm going to ask you a really tough question, Johnny. All the way, man. Okay, all right. That's you, you answered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but in in all seriousness, um, after watching the Karate Kid, I think I I, I think I would have been Team Daniel. I think they're like they That's really the way it was intended. Yeah, exactly. Like they they don't do the character of Johnny Justice in that movie, at least in terms of like really make showing more than one side of him. I know when Billy like talks about it, he says that he he really didn't think that he was a villain, and he did it all with like a good heart intention. But even like just the sheer way that the the movie was written and shot, like they really don't like give him a chance in that movie. But I think genuinely in Cobra Kai, like I am Team Johnny uh, as a watcher and and as someone who enjoys the show. I'm like I I really do relate more with Johnny at least. At the very least, I relate more with his character and resonate more with his character than I do the Daniel character. Because man, those first couple of episodes, they really like. They really make Daniel seem like a dick. Like, oh, yeah. uh, like they really do. Like, you really see, like, oh man, this dude gets like dealership and like he's all that. Like, he really does seem like a jerk. Like that moment he paid for the um, Johnny's beer at the convenience store. Like, that's one of the worst moments for for Daniel. Right, for me. Right. So, like, it's. I think obviously throughout the season you start to see more like he he becomes more relatable and more grounded and, and really more of a you know well-rounded character and in season two that like it's only more of that you know it's only harder to differentiate between the two sides uh but i think even after all of that i think johnny's a stand-up guy and i and i think as miguel obviously i'd i'd ride for him any day but as a watcher i think i'm still team johnny Without getting into specifics at all, just generalities of filming, mm-hmm. um, season three was your first season when you were outside the regulations of being a child actor. Did yeah. anything – what what changed? Did it get easier, harder so, uh, to keep up the schedule and move things along? Yeah, I mean it, it was both easier and harder. I, I think moving out there, the thing I was the most afraid about was not waking up for my call times. Like we have some pretty early call times and I am historically not a morning person. So I was like so afraid that there was going to be a day, even if I didn't mean for it to happen, like even if I did get enough sleep or went to bed early, that I would not wake up for my alarm. So I remember I put, I had, I brought this like big speaker and I put it in the corner of my room and I pl- would plug my phone into it every night and it would blast in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> you cannot think of this because he, if he wasn't filming that day, he was so annoyed that I was like waking up at like 5.30 in the morning to like the the stock iPhone, like, like throughout the house. Like there were, there were times where like I wouldn't wake up for the first beep and he'd be like, come into my room and be like, 
wake up like, like <laughs> and he's like across the like you you should there's carpet like you shouldn't be able to hear it at that but uh i w- like i made it to set every single time uh this season uh uh on time but uh w- with that came like longer hours like they can work me as long as they want as uh, at, when I was under 18, I think it was 10 and a half hours that I could work. And three of those had to be school. One of those had to be a meal. So it was really like six and a half hours that I was allowed to film. And that was so shitty because I, when we would do all of our fight scenes, like even for the school one, like a lot of the stuff upstairs on the balcony area with Tanner is Noah because we were so crunched on time and I had to leave. And they were like, we're sorry, Sholo, like, we'd love for you to, but it's just like, it costs so much to keep a kid on, like, it's called after your pumpkining, because uh, it's like, after that time, it's like a Cinderella reference or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's, uh, I was, I remember just being so bummed at the time to be like, oh, really? Like, this is like the most important part, and I'm like, not even able to do half of it. Granted, like, I'm really grateful that they used, like, like a lot of the stuff is actually me. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. But, but, uh, that was like, I think the thing that I was most excited about is like, I can do all of my scenes now. Like you can't. And then I got like crippled. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they, they really, they got me on that one. But, but in all seriousness, like the, that was like one of the most things that I was, the, the thing that I was most excited about is like being able to work as long as I want and giving, getting to live with Jacob. Like it was a really formative experience, I think. You know, even though we stayed up at all hours of the night playing Magic the Gathering and uh, Pokemon and all of this, like it really was fun learning how to cook. It, it really was uh, the time of my life. And I hope to do it again if we get a season four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, to kind of take it back to, uh, you know, sharing scenes with Mary, let's talk about 209 at the at Moon's house over by the pool. You have that uh, Miguel and Sam have that moment. Um, mm-hmm. what do you remember about f- filming that scene and, and maybe w- thinking about Miguel's headspace because, you know, you got Tori looking through the window and obviously Sam is kind of the first girlfriend from the first season. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest at that point in filming the show, like by sheer nature of how the scenes are filmed in Cobra Kai, like I really was only hanging out with Jacob um, outside of filming. I didn't really film with Mary all that much while filming. So because of that, like it was a weird time where Mary was hanging out a lot with Tanner because they lived in the same facility and like they had all their scenes together. And like when we got to this scene, it was like, it was almost like a, like, Hey, like I know we're in this show together, but I really don't like see you all that often. Like, and because I would hang – Jacob lived, like, a block away from me. He was always – like, we would always hang out. And, like, Tanner and Mary lived very close to each other, so they would always hang out. Like, it almost was like, hey, like, we're about to do this scene together. And, like, really, I haven't talked to you a lot this season. So not in, like, a like a we had beef kind of way, but just kind of, like, it was, like, a fresh start almost. Like, a, hey, you know, we get to do this thing and, like, it wasn't like the first time where she was like, you're like a brother to me, you know, da, da, da. Um, but so I think with that, not to mention it was like the last scene that we were filming that day and we were juggling going between that 
the party scenes and filming the um, fight, the school fight stuff, like we had a lot more on our mind than just like getting those scenes down. But I think it, it ended up being well. I'm like, they do portray it in a way that definitely leans, like even throughout the season, like it does lean towards more one side. Like you kind of are like, I really want to root for, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but like you really want to root for one side, but you're like another side, like kind of messed up pretty badly, you know? So I, that, that I wish that it was a little bit more neutral in that aspect. Like for lack of a better word, like it's really hard to say that like Sam and Miguel didn't start all of it. And like, even within that relationship, like it, we both, messed up like in a lot of different it's like so in that regard it's hard to be like well it wasn't their fault like it was all these other things that but with that day it it was a really fun day man I, I always have fun filming with Mary she's she's so so wonderful and luckily like I was now I was uh like a little bit older so there wasn't that like a uh, nervous like giddy almost like oh my gosh we get to do this but but it, it was it was fun um, we, we know you got to get going soon, so we'll, we'll get ready to wrap up. Um, Brianna, I probably have like maybe one more question after this. I was just going to say that, um, I know at the end of season one, uh, and this is the only question that I really have left at the end of season one, when we get to the end of the tournament, we've kind of got Miguel gone dark side, um, a little bit to where, you know, Johnny's got, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just keep talking. <laughs> Don't die. I've done this on stream before too. It'll be okay. Uh, but uh, where Johnny has accidentally like transplanted the spirit of crease into Miguel without realizing it. So we've got Miguel gone a little bit dark side. And I know at the end of season two, Tanner talked about getting the script and being so upset when he saw on the page, what Robbie was doing to Miguel. Yeah. And he was just like, it's an accident, right? I'm not going dark side. Right. Um, did you guys talk about that, about the like mirroring of the characters and their places at the ends or yeah, give so him any advice on how to deal with that? So I honestly don't remember enough about filming to know if we had a moment exactly like that, but I know when we were filming the scene where I have Tanner on the ground and I'm like flashing back to moments that I've had with Billy or, um, Johnny, mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, if I'm ever hard on you it's just because you have the potential to be greater yada 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 i remember the reaction after that it's like uh like i'm breathing very hard and we did like three or four different variations of that scene we did one that was like where clearly i was angry and like and then i let go and say i'm sorry but it's almost like a fake i'm sorry like uh like i'm sorry that you even like like you clearly lost this fight and i'm sorry for you right Hmm. filmed a version like somewhere in the middle, which is the one that they kind of went with, which is like anger that turns into like, I really shouldn't be doing this. I'm sorry. And then we did like a third variation where it was way more emotional, like tears running down my face, like, like kind of like it was at Coyote Creek, like, like, like so much anger that just turns into like, like regret. And like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I think we've all been there. Like, like waterworks yeah. and like, I'm, I truly am so, so sorry. They didn't want to go with that one because then it would really make it seem like Robbie was on the like wrong for that mm-hmm. whole fight. So right. they went with one that was a little bit more neutral that you understand like, 
these dudes just duked it out for I don't know how long. Like they definitely were fighting off camera and like we were fast forwarding through different points in the fight. Like these dudes were kicking each other's butts for like close to probably like an like an hour or something like that. Like there's a lot of and not to mention that we're only in this predicament because uh Robbie's girlfriend like had an like a moment with this dude that she said that she wasn't messing around, you know what I'm saying? So like there's a lot of pent up like emotions there. And I think um Tanner played that perfectly, but uh it it really is a testament to our writers, but even even after that, even after like a travesty like kicking someone off a balcony, you still can be like you can still make an argument for you can still 100% make an argument for Robbie and being like, well, you know, but like Miguel was also kind of shitty. Like he he also did some stuff that maybe he maybe like nobody deserves that, but right. also, like, it definitely did seem like an accident. Um, it, it, <laughs> but, it, but uh, right, right. Sorry, I, I won't I won't spoil anything. Um, <laughs> It, it did. It did seem like an accident. It, it, in all honesty, it did seem like an accident, and and I think Tanner played it to the best of his ability. You know, like yeah. he didn't. It it did seem like he was like, I'm gonna purposely look away when I throw the kick, so that I can't tell. You know, like he was definitely he he was super worried about it being like because you kick someone off a balcony. Like if you watch it, like I'm not really close to that balcony when he kicks me. Like, but so right. because of that. He's like, well, you're not close, so I didn't think if I was going to kick you, you were going to go all the way over there, you know. But he's just, he's that ripped, I guess. The look on Tanner's face is, it just sells it. I am almost as devastated for Robbie after that fight Mm -hmm. as I am for Miguel. Just the look on his face before he Mm -hmm. runs away. Um, Yeah, he just destroyed everyone's world and he knows it. I, I know we got a few more minutes. We'll try to wrap this up real quick here. Um, first off, your your in, uh, impressions, everyone, everyone, spot on. You know, I close my eyes. That's, uh, I'm envisioning them, right? So we we need a TikTok of Sholo doing, doing impersonations of everyone. You know, I think I think we need that. Um, in your opinion, do you think uh, Robbie heard Miguel apologize? I didn't even know that that was a theory. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Um, I think maybe he he maybe literally heard me say the words I'm sorry, but I think in the heat of the moment, like there's nothing that I could have said that would have stopped that kick. It probably um, didn't register, right? It probably was just like uh, this dude is saying like, maybe like, I don't think he kicked me with a like, ha, got you. Like now I had like, haha, I've duped you into letting go of my arm. Now I'm going to do it like, I think he was genuinely just angry and like the kick was going to get thrown. Like, even if I did break his arm, the kick was probably going to get thrown. Like he, at that moment he was so like heated and all that adrenaline going from, you know, fighting for that long. Like I genuinely think even if I did, you know, hurt him that he would have been like, I'm you're going to get hurt back. You know what I'm saying? So I do think he heard it regardless as to whether or not he, acted because of what he heard is is another you know well we know you got a a twitch uh, stream coming up on that show low crunch so um anything you want to throw out there to promote for the viewers to kind of check out keep an eye out for uh coming up for you yeah just honestly thank you all for for the continuous support of the show like i i know i know 
it's everyone is super like, you have to wait so long for season three, you know, but I can't stress this enough. I mean, not only are we waiting, but um, it's going to be so worth it. You know, being on this new platform really does open up a lot of doors for Cobra Kai. And I think the continued success that it's had, like staying in the top 10, not only in the U.S., but around the world, really does go way further than you guys know. And I think it gets us that much closer to hopefully getting a season four and being able to continue this story that that really could go on for for a long time. So all I have to say is thank you guys uh, for the continuous support. Like it really is not possible without everyone that watches the show. I know everyone freaking says that. They're like, you know, we wouldn't be here without you. But seriously, um, we wouldn't be here without you. You know, um, we have this second chance at at life almost like a second um it's like a a second rising that we get to you know come and and show so many more people the show that you guys all the og fans have you know loved for the past two and a half years almost so so thank you for the continued support you know we just want to make cool shit for you guys so you looking forward to the video game next week uh next month yeah, it's gonna be super cool, man. I, I look I, I gotta figure out if it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be on Steam, so I'll have to plug the, the PS4 back in, but I'm ready to break some I'm ready ready to break some backs. You you gotta get your switch back from your mom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not happening, but 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 I'll plug in the PS4. Yeah. How did that feel just real quick, knowing the 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 huge gamer that you are looking at the screen and seeing your own face up there and hearing your own voice up there. What is that like? Weird. It's really weird. <laughs> like, uh, like regardless as to how cool the game actually is uh, when it comes out, because honestly, I haven't, I haven't played it yet. Um, like I, I could say like, Oh yeah, I'm playing it a bunch off the scene, but I, I really haven't. Um, I think regardless as to like, it could honestly be stick figures and I'd be like, Holy crap, this is so cool that I am like, yeah, the show is uh, before being on Netflix because the game was announced before we even moved to Netflix or like we knew about the game before even moving to Netflix. Um, it was like, okay, now I'm permanently like on this planet. Like now, because I love video games. Now it's like, all right, now I've done all my friends are like, you ain't shit. Like you on this show, you own, you know, you on Cobra Kai. Like we ain't even like you, you, we still know all your like secrets and like we know all the embarrassing stuff, but now they're like, all right. Okay, cool. Like now we can now we can kick your ass in real life and in this video game. Like, but uh, I, I'm just super excited for it to come out. Well, everyone speaks fondly of you. You know, um, I don't think there's been any shade thrown. The only shade actually has uh, it came from Khalil. He said, "Oh, hold on, it wasn't against you though." He said it wasn't against you. He said that you actually got some moves. He says he doesn't know what Jacob tries to do when it comes to dancing. So we were talking about dancing one day because because oh, okay, yeah. you and Khalil used to go at it on Triller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Triller days. He, yeah, he does. He okay. He I mean he definitely has me bested every time. But if you ever get him back on the show, just just remind him who beats him every time in wrestling. In wrestling, Khalil, I, I will shoot him a text and ask him about that. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brianna, you got anything to promote? Um, no, actually, I I don't. Because okay. I suck at it. Oh, gosh. Well, you got your amazing posters, <laughs> and I'm sure you're working on a bunch of videos that will be coming out soon. Um, 
for those that are tuning in, yeah, you know, make sure you're subscribed, hit that subscription button, or, well, the, the bell, you know, so that way you get the notification when we go live or when we uh, upload videos. Uh, Brianna, you and I, we talked about this off mic before uh, Shola got on uh, about revealing our next interview. Um, I think I think I'm just going to name drop it because I know we were going to announce it a, a different way. So this is kind of breaking news for us. It's breaking um, news for me. I've been practicing this line in my head for I'm the last sorry. two hours. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's just I if we're gonna do the line from the show, I want it to be the actual line. I, you know, you know what I mean. Like I don't want to yeah. change it up. So, uh, so coming on uh, on Thursday, Shola, you've been talking about him. We got Jacob Bertrand coming on hey, thurs- right. Thursday night. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. So if you want to send us something to bring up during that interview, you know, uh, we'll definitely talk about it off off mic here. Uh so that's it. That's a that's the big news that we wanted to reveal. Um subscribe, check out our website Cobra Kai Companion for all 50 interviews. We got all the Diaz's now. We got the Miguel, we got Yaya, we got Carmen. We got we got them all. Uh Khalil, Aiden Minks, uh Annalisa Cochran, everybody is on our website. Go check it out. Uh, for the interviews. So, Sholo, thank you so much. Uh, stand by, and we'll go ahead and end the stream. Thank right. you so much, Sholo. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.